myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Hey, Doc, I need a pain reliever. Who says Nelson Cruz going to the Padres at 42? He's still chasing the ring. Ooh, he's got it bad. Ring fever. His best chance was with the Rangers. Ooh, he's got it bad. Ring fever, but they crapped the bed against the Cardinals. Ooh, he's got it bad. Ring fever, let's see if he can find the fountain of youth. Ooh, he's got it bad. Hope he doesn't need a walker or AARP. <laughs> Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael. Your sick host. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he makes it through the show. Everybody. <laughs> and with me today, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? Well, pretty good. I, wow. Yeah, yeah. What is yeah, that song? That's uh, Island Fever by the Beach Boys. Man, that sounds familiar. I, I don't. Yeah, it's that... a, you know, basically, it's a Beach Boys uh, album from the 90s is one of the songs mm. on there where they are trying to capture some of their 60s sounds in, in the 90s needless to say the album flopped so but it was still they had some good tracks on there they have uh still surfing and a few others on there that are uh, lahaina aloha or something there's, there's some good stuff on there i just the, the tone of it i was thinking like leslie gore like one of those yeah. like bubblegum songs from like right. late 50s early 60s yeah yeah it's got it's got that feel but yeah it's from i think 91 or 92 so yeah, you know, got the island fever. You got to get what you can here in the cold of winter here in Michigan. So, yeah, yeah, it's not even there's like no snow on the ground. It's supposed to snow no tonight, snow. I think. Yeah, that's what I that's what I saw, too. So dust off the old boots again for my daughter and get those back. But uh, then I think tomorrow, though, it's supposed to snow tonight. But then tomorrow it's supposed to get like 45 or 46. Jeez. And that's supposed to get cold. again. <laughs> I know. I think. Yeah. And then it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's it's all over the place. It's yeah. definitely all over the place. But going back to your song yeah. with Nelson Cruz. <laughs> yeah. So he is signed with his. I think this is his like one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh team. Eighth Ooh, team. Making the rounds. huh? All right. Yeah. His eighth team now. Eighth wow. team at 42. And he 42. signs with the Padres. Man. I don't know if he had much left in the tank. He was with the Nationals last year, right? He was. He okay. was. Yeah, I've noticed the last like few years, he doesn't really stay on a team too long. I think the Mariners, he was like from 15 to 2018. Yeah. And I think he had like a two-year stint with the Twins, but yeah. now he's like a year-to-year basis. Yeah, because he had Texas, I think, was his longest stint, right? But yeah, Texas yeah. was his longest stint. Yeah. So, wow, 42. <laughs> he really wants that ring. I mean, I think there's got to be the only reason left for it here. He wants to get that championship. So I was thinking that or trying to get to 500 home runs. Mm, but I, I think right. at 42, boy, I mean, it's going to be hard, though. Yeah. Especially, especially with that lineup, trying to find his at bats. The lineup's already stacked enough as it is. I know. You know, so I mean, he's going to be what? Like uh, when somebody takes a day off, he'll come in kind of player. I think so. And the at best, what, what? Yeah. DH, right? Right. Probably for the most part, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't really see much production out of them going. I mean, last year with Washington, which you would figure that was the team to get the stats he would need. Right. 
I mean, he played in what 124 games and he's only hit like 234 and he only had 10 home runs. Wow. You know, and the year before that, huge dip. Yeah. Right, right. 13 the year before, 19 the year before that. You could just see a decline every year. I think his strongest year was 2014, where he had like 40 home runs in 2015. So Seattle years were pretty productive. This sounds Miggy esque right there. It does. The power just plummeted. And so the average, you know. Yeah. If I had to place a bet and go to bovadasportsbook.com, I would not be placing a bet on Nelson Cruz going to Cooperstown. So, no. No, 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 I, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> he was kind of a guy that kind of found his his career later. Right. Yeah, because he, yep. he started in 05 with Milwaukee. He That's where he broke in. But by the time he hit, I'd say 32, that's mm-hmm. when he really started taking off. Yeah. And that's with Texas, Texas. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he had a year with Baltimore. He had a really yeah. good year with Baltimore. Woo. Yeah, he killed it. with All-star, Baltimore. 40 home runs, 108 RBIs. That's funny how he just went. You know, one stop in Baltimore reminds me of Reggie Jackson, where people forget that Reggie Jackson played for Baltimore for a year between the A's and then when he went to New York. Yeah, isn't that kind of crazy? Wow. That was kind of the emphasis of that year was like, okay, this guy can play. And then he was like, well, I'm going to go after the money. So he elected free agency after the 2014 season with Baltimore. And then Seattle signed him to a four-year, $57 million contract. And you're talking about a guy who was already into his 30s at that point. That's pretty good, man. And the fact that he's 42 and still playing, I mean, I I think people think that there's more there for him. So, But I think you're right. I think at most he's looking (laughs) for a ring now. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's definitely a ring chasing. I think he's a haul of a really good stretch of time for about five years, five mm-hmm. or six years. But as far as a hall of fame career, no, no, I don't think so. I think he's a very solid player. Yeah, I don't think he's hall of fame worthy because I yeah. don't think I don't, you know he's forty two. He's he's what forty one home runs away from five hundred. I don't think he's right. going to get there unless he you know has a magical year in San Diego. But like we talked about, he's not going to get the at bats in That's San Diego. Tough. He's not yeah. going to be a full time guy. So. I don't see him hitting more than 10, 15 home runs. So he's going to you know, fall short of 500, which you know, is a big benchmark for a hitter that you need for the Hall of Fame. So, no, I don't think he's getting in. If he had the stats, I mean, his stats aren't horrible, right? I mean, we've seen right. in my rant last week. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I was throwing people out of the Hall of Fame left and right. You were. And you look at his stats. I mean, he actually has better stats than some of those guys. I mean, even the accolades, right? He has some good accolades. I mean, yep. four-time silver slugger. He's been an RBI leader, a home run leader, seven-time all-star. He made yep. the all MLB first team and second team, ALS MVP, and we can go on and on. And you're like, yep. wow, this guy's good. But then when you're looking at it, you're like, well, 42, <laughs> and your stats are going up. You're kind of like Carlos Beltran. Of course, yep. the, the, the more you play, the more stats you, you hope you accumulate. So right, right. that's kind of why he's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, no, he's he's got the good stat. You know, he's got good, good power stats. I think I mean, so, too. When he was take me back, so he hasn't played. He's DH primarily for what, the last five years or so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember what position he played when he actually did play in the field. <laughs> was he an outfielder? I think he was just an outfielder, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got to take that into an account, too. If, you know, a bulkier career playing DH. There's only a handful of guys. I think what Ortiz got in is primarily a DH player. Yeah, and, he did. Uh, and Edgar Martinez, right? Yeah. I think he was primarily DH. Those are the only two I can think of that have gotten in that have done mostly DH. And no, I just, I don't think his numbers are good enough to get in. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's, 
you look at him, you're like, wow, 274. Well, there's people who's hit, obviously, who we said yeah. last week. Who yeah, Ozzie Smith. Uh, yeah. Reggie yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, Duke Snyder. Duke I mean, Snyder. there's a Bill lot Mazarowski. of them. Yeah. yeah, Bill Mazarowski, who we still continue <laughs> to think that he shouldn't belong in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of crazy. I, Nelson Cruz is that guy that you're yep. like, man, I remember Nelson Cruz. He, he kind of, in my mind, he kind of sits into the, when you're looking back on great players, the, mm-hmm. he kind of reminds me of like a Carlos Delgado or yeah. looking at you know, Tim Salmon kind of guy, uh, Sean Green. Those guys were really great, but they're not Hall of Famer great. Yeah. yeah. Biggest thing I remember Nelson Cruz from is how he just torched the Tigers single-handedly in the oh. 2011 ALCS. Yeah. And you get like, a walk-off grand slam or something. In oh, he spanked us. Extra innings. You know, uh, yeah. Spanked us. Yeah. You ever notice in those Tigers World Series, there was always that one hitter that torched uh-huh. us? Yeah, it was uh, uh, the uh, Kung Fu Panda, uh, yeah. Sandoval, and the, the 2012 uh, uh, World Series. And yeah. yeah. And David Ortiz in 2013 ALCS. Right. And Nelson Cruz in the 2011 ALCS. Oh. Yeah. It's always like one hitter that just made us their bitch. Yeah. <laughs> always. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's going to be sad to see Nelson go, I guess. Yep. But at the same time, 42, you had a hell of a career, man. I mean, yeah. that's good on you, you know. But yep. uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Not a Hall of Fame. And I agree also uh, he's ring chasing at this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Let's see. We had the international signings, huh? We did. Um, international signings. Man, any big names? Uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I was looking things over. I'm trying to see if anyone really made a big splash, but nothing that I really saw. You know, there's no, I don't see a Dominguez in here. Mm-hmm. I don't see uh, Julio Franco, Yeah. a Vlad. You know, I, I, yep. I, I that's not because leaving last year, the big names were like Roderick Arias, the Did shortstop. The the Rangers get another uh, Vladimir Guerrero kid, right? Um, uh, senior, Vladimir Guerrero senior. I think his kid signed with the Rangers. I'm trying to remember what his name was. Yeah. Now um, we're going to look it up. <laughs> but um, in this year, I mean, remember, well, I remember last year they had Oscar Colas with, with mm-hmm. Chicago yep. White Sox. Yep. This year, I think the one that I like the best out of this whole group, I mean, you have your um, Alfredo, uh, Alfredo Duno, Luis yeah. Morales, those kind yeah. of guys. You have Emmanuel Bonilla. Okay. Um, but I like Ethan Salas. Now, this yeah, is, I was just looking that up myself. Yeah, he's a he's a catcher and he at 16 years old, bats left, throws right. I mean, he already is built like a catcher, 6'2", 185 yeah. pounds as a fucking 16 year old, which is blows Jeez, my goddamn mind. That. That's <laughs> unbelievable. And then would you know it, you know, who ended up signing him was the Padres, the Padres. Yeah, Padres. Man, they're getting everything now, man. What what happened? Man. Bro, the Padres are all in. Yeah, they are. It's fascinating because five years ago, the Padres didn't give a fuck about yeah, winning the World did. Series. <laughs> nope. And, oh, man. And, now, and it's the only thing San Diego really has now. I mean, they yeah. lost their football team and everything nope. else. So nope. good on them, man. Good on them. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of good, you know, every year there's a the, that one international prospect or two that really stick out. But right, right. Uh, Jun uh, Siak Shim out of Korea. Yep. We're talking about like mm-hmm. a six, four Korean. I mean, he's really good, too, which right now he's he hasn't really signed. I don't believe. But there's some good ones. There's some good ones on this list. Uh, uh, Gian Zapata. I really like okay. a lot as well. So, yeah, there's just some good ones. But Ethan Solace is the prize, right? There's a prize yeah, every year. Like and, and he's the prize this year. And 
Last yeah. year, I I really thought Oscar Colas was the guy, was the prize, even though he was like ranked like third, fourth, or fifth best international prospect. But mm-hmm. it's funny how this works in baseball because every team gets kind of a budget. So okay, and you can only spend so much money on international pro- uh, prospects. So mm-hmm. some people go big, like the Padres. Yeah. They went all in on Ethan Salas, but they're also the best the best clubs who sign international players they have they're kind of a staple in those in those places yeah. in the Dominican Republic and overseas and what have you i mean the, so a lot of these players and their families feel good oh you know signing with the yankees or the marlins or the padres those are some mm-hmm. of the best i was looking at the tigers <laughs> they don't really have a good international following no they don't they really don't they had one top 50 player this year that they ended up signing. But, and then I saw the, what was the strategy behind that? And theirs was safe money, which I don't know why. And (laughs) two, spending it. Right. And two, uh, they wanted to spread it out with, um, they were looking at quantity instead of quality. That's kind of the gist I got from it. And it's kind of, it's kind of disheartening. It's kind of sad that a lot of internet and a lot of teams, there's not, I mean, the Tigers aren't the only ones. I mean, there's a lot of people who end up kind of doing that, which is kind of sad. It's like, why wouldn't you dip in? I mean, this is an investment into the future of your club. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's almost, you know, like they're flushing money on the toilet. Sure. We can get like, you know, Instead of getting one really good prospect, we can get like three and prospects. But a lot of the time, those and prospects aren't going to pan out anyway. So it's really just like flushing yeah. your money away. It it's is. Head, it's a head scratcher. It is. <laughs> I, if if I were to be at the head of a club, I would immediately start start stacking my international scouting, mm-hmm. and I would be at dinners of all these kids yep. families and make yep. myself like because you know this is the one thing i really love about the dominican republic or overseas in korea japan what have you a lot of these guys a lot of these prospects are very family oriented it's yeah. they, that these they come from very religious very family moral yep. situations so when when they come over here, when they sign, they want to do it for the best interest of their family. They're not looking mm-hmm. at themselves like I'm going to be a millionaire. No, they're looking at my family gets to, yep. you know, succeed. So if I was like yes. a major league club, I would make myself known in these families and be like, hey, we want to sign your son and he'll be in a good hands with us. And I just feel like very, there's some clubs so like like college football recruiting or college. Oh, my God. Exactly. Where, like where, that, dude. where the, yeah. the, those coaches getting good with the family back when they're in middle school. You know, in hopes of having them join their school when it comes time. Right. But yeah. I think, I think big league ball clubs. Yeah. They should, they should do that as well. You know, yeah. Getting good with the family early on. Yeah. You, you see something and, uh, and just see what, yeah, see what you can do, develop those relationships. Yeah. That, that way yeah. it's the family feels good about yeah. having their kids sign with you exactly. and taking them far away to a place that they're not sure of, you know? Yep. So, yep. Uh, I like this year uh, international. I actually like it better than last year's, but I think this year uh, in terms of, I like seeing a catcher at the top, you know, I always get really excited when I see hitting catchers. So usually the last few years, it's either been a high profile shortstop or a killer bat for a a outfielder, you know, a a big barreled outfielder. So this year it's catching at the top, which I really like to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I like seeing, uh, Offensive minded, uh, just yeah, good catchers. So love it. I love it. Um, robo umps, huh? So the triple uh, tri- A is adopting robo umps this year. This should be fun. So did you see, <laughs> did you see that news when it kind of came out? 
a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was uh, a little bit shocked that it was happening so soon. Actually. Yeah. I was too, <laughs> because you and I both know that now the pitch clock and, and the, sh- the new rules of MLB are taking place, but we yeah. always thought robo umps were a little bit further away. Yeah. And I remember in a couple of show we had you and I it was one of our earlier shows. We were talking robo umps and you're like, how would that even work? And I'm yeah. like, oh, I was like, it's not like a, a robot out there. It's, <laughs> you know, basically you have umps who have earpieces in and then yeah. it's like an automatic, you know, they, they'll be here. Yeah. Upstairs is calling balls or strikes. So. Yeah. Which is cool. But at the same time, it's it, well, yeah, it, I, takes, I, it I, takes the human factor out of the game. It does. it does and speaking of catchers it kind of limits what they're doing yeah Uh, i I read a really good article and it was really fascinating because they were talking about how this robo wump basically limits what a catcher does now because one job of a catcher is framing up good pitches and sometimes they can make your best catchers can make balls look like strikes exactly so and, and that's the part of the game i wish the game would embrace the deceiving aspects of it Mm -hmm. not the over you know not the Houston that, Astros. Yeah, I was going to say or, that the cheating like the Astros. The, yeah. yeah, or the steroids. But <laughs> I wish they would. trash cans. And stuff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I wish they would embrace their deceiving history, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why the spitball used to be a thing back yeah. then. I mean, the curveball was outlawed back in the day. So yep. that that was a deceiving thing. But now, so but with this, I just feel you're right. It takes out the human element and it kind yeah. of bums me out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't like it because. You know, part, part like you said, part of what makes a good catcher is working on the art of framing pitches. And now it's just going to come down to a computer. You know, they don't even yeah. have to think about framing at all. It's like, all right, well, it's, uh, you know, or remember, like, um, if a catcher gets like, like, you know, t- turned around and uh, the pitch isn't going where they want it to. Sometimes, uh, even though it's in the strike zone, if it gets caught wrong, the umpire is going to call the ball. Well, right. now with the you know, automated balls and strikes, it doesn't matter. You're in the zone. You can look like a, a fool catching the fucking ball. If it's in the strike zone, it's going to be a strike. No matter yeah. how stupid you look. So, yeah, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like it either. And the fact that AAA is embracing it, we'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, I'm sure you won't hear too much about it until if it does come to Major League Baseball. Right. But the fact that it's already at AAA. Yeah, I mean, that's... I thought I thought they debuted like single A or something with like the, the white caps or something and uh, move it up from there and see. But yeah, wow, I thought all the so way up too. to triple A. Well, they tried yeah. it with independent leagues. They tried it in lower ball clubs and like the instructional leagues and what have you. And it's like, all right, this thing, let's dust it <laughs> off. This thing's good. This thing's going uh, to triple A. Oh, my God. When you're desperate for help at work and you just overlook a, a person's background, you know, it looks fine. Let's move it on. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Looks oh, fine. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon you have somebody doing heroin at work. Exactly. You know? I mean, it's, just, it's one of those things. <laughs> exactly. You got to oh, do the work. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to try it out. You <laughs> do your homework here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so I, I don't want to see it. And yeah. I, I'm sure there's people who are going to fight against it, but it's mm-hmm. just. Where's the game going? Is if this is where it's going, okay, but it's just really yeah, so you uh, got, you got this. You got the pitch clock. It's going to be all sorts of different, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. The whole thing is is crazy, but I think when you have certain things happen, okay, over the last ten years, the biggest thing to happen in sports, not just mm-hmm. baseball, has been sports betting. Yeah, right. Yep. So yep. when you have sports betting involved, you're talking about people other than athletes who could lose money. Right. So, and or win money. So yep. 
I think, you know, we're talking about Bovada here. I mean, obviously, Bovada, yeah. the, the sports betting uh, website, the sports betting book, and it's companies like that. And there's tons of those kind of companies yep. out there who make their living making sure they want the games to look good. They like right. they hate replays in the NFL. They hate, you know what I mean? They They hate when you're, they want things to look right. So I think a lot of these rules that have come in, to the pros, rubble umps and stuff like that. I think that ensures the bet. That means it ensures yep. money, right? It, it gets yep. rid of the the clutter, the the fat they would call it. That right, way, when right. people have a bet, it's a solid bet. Yep. Right. Yep. So I think that is what's changing the landscape of sports oh, totally. in general, right? I mean, totally. you're seeing NBA change. You're seeing yep. the NHL change. It's all changing just because sports betting. And I think mm-hmm. robo umps is a direct result of that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're talking to two people that could, you know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn about betting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I, I don't like the robo. I'm sorry. It's just, the, it's the purest in me, I guess. Yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way, man. I think you, you know? still got to keep a human aspect in the game yep. and I don't, we don't want a for sure thing. And I understand yep. there's sports where, you know, you need things like we need to know what a catch is. We need to right. know, you know what I mean? Yep. Maybe, you know, the some rules out there in other sports it's like okay they need that but in baseball what always kept it beautiful was the human element of it yep. and if you're slowly taking that away it could hurt it's gonna hurt the game it's gonna hurt the quality of the game so mm-hmm. yeah Another so that's kind of we shall see we shall see one of our last free agents dropped from our list I, I marked it in red for us as we were both wrong i noticed uh, that yeah <laughs> adam duvall signs with the red Sox. it looks like all right. So Steve um, officially wins our, our free yeah, agent our free agent pool uh by four to two, I believe. Or yep, uh, he yep. would have had it more, but goddamn Carlos Correa. Yep, um, yep, man. So yeah, uh yeah, Adam Duvall, I think I picked the Reds, you picked the Braves, right? Yep. And yep. uh he picked the Red Sox. Hey. <laughs> Hey, Red Sox are making like a bunch of like smaller signings. They're they're trying to compete, you know. I mean, they obviously they signed uh you know, they did the Devers Justin Turner and Justin Turner. They yep. got Kenley Jansen. So I mean they're they're really trying to get the 2016 uh Dodgers, but um yeah. you know, but they they're they're you know they're trying trying to to patch a team together to try and compete in the east. And I think Adam Duvall, you know, he's 34, I believe. So he's still got you know some left to give. So uh yeah. I think mean, a good good signing for them. I, I like it too. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good signing. I, I don't think it moves the needle any which way. Right. I think when you're losing, when you lost somebody like JD Martinez, you need to make up for that bat. And this is clearly a money money ball move. So basically, oh, totally. you know, because Adam Duvall, you're not going to get 140, 150 games no. out of him. Nope. So, and same thing with Justin Turner. I don't think he's going to be that guy. So between both of them, I think they can make up JD stats. Right. Right. Because they're older players, and but it's a good move because it ensures that you're going to get runs. It ensures that you're going to get on base. So yep. I, I think it's a very good move for the Red Sox. It's a cheap move as oh, well. Totally. You know, and it, it helps, uh, helps keep Kike Hernandez in the infield, you know, because Trevor Story isn't going to be oh, around right. for pretty much all the season. And yeah, you know, Kike platoons from the infield to the outfield. So getting an outfielder like Duvall will keep uh, Hernandez there in the infield to fill in for Trevor Story. So, yeah, yeah, yeah well, and they're going to have guys that are going to have to come up from the minors. And- oh, yeah. It's going to be an interesting year for the Red Sox for sure, uh, but I, but I know with this Duvall signing, it it, it helps 
keep nope. good baseball going. It's not like, well, we're going to put it all on our young guns hands or we're going to put it all on the, the shoulders of Devers. I mean, it's not right. that. So I think this is a this is a good move. I, I, I like the signing. I'm surprised it wasn't sooner, but I know it was hard because Trevor Story got surgery, so he's out. So they're kind of missing a shortstop and or yeah. second baseman and they lost Bogarts. They lost so that middle of the infield is like gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, boy, what do you do for that? And the thing is, Adam yep. Duvall's an outfielder slash DH. Like you said, it moved Kiki in. So now it's like, okay, we have that part of the infield. Okay. They're like second base, but right. like, who's going to be our shortstop? shortstop. You know, yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Jose Iglesias is going back to the Red Sox. Bro, I was just thinking Jose Iglesias. Uh, I don't think that would be the worst move in the world. And he's no. still a free agent. He's 33. Yep. He's older, but not too old. I mean, he's still yeah. in his early 30s. Yeah. I mean, he still has the, you know, he can still play a defense. He's not going to get you much for hitting. He'll get you a hit every, every so often. But I think they're just looking to try and shore up that, uh, that position until someone can come up from the minors. So yeah, I could, I could see a Jose Iglesias coming back to Boston. It would be kind of cool. I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, because yeah. right now the only their infielders are Kiki Hernandez and Christian Arroyo. So yeah. <laughs> if that's the case, then I guess Kiki would play short and then Arroyo would be second. But God, is that an ugly looking infield? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, you got Dahlback, Bobby Dahlback at Bobby first, Dahlback, yeah. or Chris, Tristan Cassis. So, yeah. but they got, remember, they signed Yoshida too. Remember that? Uh, it's true. Yep. That I stud Japanese that. player yep. outfielder there. So, yep. It might not be the worst team in the world, but no, but their ace coming out on opening day. I guess who that is. Oh God, uh, Chris Sale. It is. <laughs> oh jeez, come on. It, it, he's going to be injured after two innings. Get get ready. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point with that pitching staff, just why don't you dust off uh, Rick Porcello and talk him out of retirement, bring him back? <laughs> I know, right? You know? You'd be, oh, yeah, God. that's what I was thinking. Man, or maybe they they want uh, Rodriguez back, and we'll get the Tigers would be happy to give him back to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just need some nice prospects. But. Just give us some, pro- yeah, yeah. Let's just empty out a couple of prospects. That'd be great. So. We'll take that. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, put this one in here because you had called it uh, when you had your GM hat on. The Cardinals are having preliminary talks with the Marlins about acquiring Pablo Lopez. That's what's up. And that's something that you had talked about when you were GM for a day with the Marlins. Yeah. About how they're so stacked in their pitching staff that they couldn't look to move someone like a Pablo Lopez. And then you look at the Cardinals, you still have uncertainty with John or, you know, Flaherty. You don't know if he's, you know, what he's going to be when he comes right. back and you need to kind of shore up that, that pitching staff to go with a already potent offense. And Pablo Lopez would be a good fit for, uh, for St. Louis. Yeah. Well, I totally agree with you, man. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking, about Jim for a day when we were doing that. And I mentioned, I was like, well, Pablo Lopez would be a good trading piece just because mm-hmm. they have so much depth on their team and yep. in the minors who are coming up. I mean, these guys, yep. a lot of these guys are ready. So yep. Max Meyer could be fill in if Pablo Lopez were to leave or um, they have Sixto Sanchez. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's some good guys there. I mean, because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Pablo Lopez, while he's really good, mm-hmm. this was last year was his first amazing year. Yeah. So you, we got to strike while while the oven's hot, man. While the yep. iron's hot. So uh, you got a good lefty and Jake Ader coming up as well, uh, probably next year. But uh, I'm yeah. telling you, these this this team is built with nothing but arm talent. So mm-hmm. I feel like you could trade Lopez and get some hitting in return because that I, I'll discuss this later uh, in the segment we're doing. But one thing that's 
Miami's kind of missing out on is hitters. They need some hitters. I mean, they have decent hitters, but they still need that that power slugging outfielder or first baseman. You know, they yep. need got run drivers. So, yep. Yep. Um, I think Pablo Lopez is a great start. I mean, why not? I mean, you could get a lot for him because yeah. he's still young and the guy misses a lot of bats. So, yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. Be. He, he seems like he'd be a good fit for St. Louis. So. I think so too, because what yeah. I don't know if Adam, I think Adam Wainwright's done. Yeah. They got Jordan Montgomery, who's probably between him and Jack Flaherty, kind of their only aces. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like a, an amazing rotation rotation. It's a yeah. decent rotation. I think they still got Nicholas, yeah. but I don't know, man. It's like, you need that, that another one, right? Yep. That another yep. one. So yeah, get you to the playoffs and hopefully get you a division championship. You know? Right. Right now you look at the rotation. I don't think it's worthy to get them the championship. I think their offense can get them close, right? But they, they need the pitching as well, or else they're going to be in slugfest and, and come out on the short end a lot. So, yeah. Yes. And they have the prospects or players to, to deal away Yep, yep. to, true. to the Marlins. So I mean, there's guys out there that they would luckily gladly give up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, now, if I was the Marlins, who would I look at like as part of that trade? I mean, yeah. if I need an impact player now, I'm looking at Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Give me Tyler O'Neill, but yep. I don't know the the emergence of Lars Newtbar really helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that if that deal were to go down and Dylan Carlson and Dylan Carlson had a down year last year. So maybe yeah. they would want Dylan Carlson. I, I I would want a big hitter like that. And maybe like a, like a number 10 prospect or something mm-hmm. for Lopez. So I like it. I like it. Give him the job. Mike can yeah. do this. Let's do All it. Right. <laughs> oh man. So uh, as we inch closer to spring training, yes, I, like, I like this segment that we have here. It's uh, questions we uh, are looking to get answered before spring training. I think we uh, we have five questions here. We'll kind of go back and forth, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, biggest uh, question marks we have looking at uh, going into the season or you know getting spring started. So yeah, last year um, we did the same segment around this time. And it was basically you and I have questions like what questions are people, not just mm-hmm. us, but fans in general want it, that need yep. to be asked during the season or before the season. What yep. questions need to be answered? Yep. Yep. So I will lead things off with my question for you. I don't think we've seen a repeat champion since what the Yankees in the late nineties. Right? That's correct. Yep. Um, so my question is Houston uh, won it all uh, in 2022. Can the Astros repeat and do it again in 2023? That's that's a good question to ask. Um, so I, I I was thinking about this question, and I don't think they're going to repeat. They're built to win. I mean, they yeah. are built to win. They probably have the top three lineup in all of the uh, the AL, right? But I just don't think the pitching is there with Verlander gone. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he was kind of the gem of the pitching staff and a leader in that clubhouse. So while right. I will never sleep on people like Bregman and El Tuve or Alvarez or Tucker and now mm-hmm. Jose Abreu. They don't have like a proven ace, right? I mean, they got right. they got Christian Javier, uh, Framber Valdez, and then they got Garcia, and they're yep. very good. They're no slouches, but the best teams have a proven ace. Yep. And is Valdez that guy? I don't know. I think they'll easily win the West, the AL West, but mm-hmm. I, I think the the World Series winner will probably come out of another division. So, no, to answer your question, Steve, no, I don't think they're repeating this year. They're they're definitely playoff bound, I think, and like you said, the AL West. I think they could win that pretty easily. I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, Seattle and Texas will give them a fight, but 
still think it's the Astros division to win, but no, yep. I, I, I can't, I can't see them repeating. There's yeah. Too many question marks with the pitching staff and, and no proven ace. They got the offense, but oh yeah. Pitching, and then some, yeah. 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 I, I have to agree with you on that one. So um, I got a question for you, Steve. Slap it on me. Now, before the, I had another question in there, but then I kind of changed it up probably a, some hours ago Yeah, because I think this one is more pressing what people mm-hmm. want to know. And mm-hmm. this is when Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back. Okay. Will he pick up where he left off or will he hurt the Padres chemistry? What are your mm. thoughts on that? That's a great question. And uh, as we know, as, as, as watch, uh, you know, people that watch sports a lot, uh, chemistry is huge. Um, and the Padres showed last year that they could win without Fernando Tatis. And, um, you know, he, he's a, obviously a, a fantastic baseball player. Uh, you know, solid, always top, top five in MVP. Uh, he'd be a great piece to bring in. But I think the the short term, I would say, yeah, he's going to hurt the chemistry until the team can get used to playing around him again. Uh, but I do, I do think he can pick up where he, uh, where he left off. Uh, but short term, he will hurt their chemistry, but I think that they can adjust and write the ship and, and he'll make them better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that I, Bogart signing said a lot. Don't you think? Yep, I do too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I, I still look at this team. I, I still think it's Manny Machado's team. Um, yeah. But you know, you, you, you can't shy away from the talent that Tatis has when he's healthy and on the field, but yeah. um, you know, it's it's it's, it's going to take some adjusting for this team because they've gotten used to, uh, to playing with the unit that they have, and they you know they did pretty well. They made they the did playoffs, very well, uh, you know, and and sign, it's it's going to take an adjustment with Bogarts on the team now too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a couple of people to adjust to, but I, I think they're going to be okay. I think it's going to end up helping them in the long run. So it was kind of weird. I saw somebody they were talking. I was it was like a pack break or a case break or yeah. whatever, and they were saying when Fernando Tatis does come back, like. Mm-hmm. Where is that end? How's that end field going to? I mean, he's going to play yeah. short probably, but they're maybe like some outfield, maybe some outfield, but they're like, well, yeah. who's going to play sec- or who's going to play second if he plays short? They're like, oh, Xander Bogarts. And they're like, okay, Xander Bogarts, but then who's going to, where's Cronenworth going to go? And someone said first base. I'm like, wow. I was he does like, seem like a first base. He that. does. I was like, <laughs> that would be a killer infield, man. Yeah, Machado man. at third. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely even amazing. That, even better than that nearly billion dollar infield that they had when Hosmer was on. Right, right. <laughs> They'll probably have more production without it. Oh, them, totally. So. Oh, definitely. So for me, so we got some new rules coming in. Yeah. You know, the the old pitch clock, which we saw with the white caps, and uh, they're starting to limit the shift a little bit. Yep. So how will the new those new rules, particularly the pitch clock and the limited shift, how do you think that's going to impact hitting and pitching this year? Well, I, I think everything's going to have to be sped up, and this is yep. the good part about baseball. You and I don't like the robo umps, but right. I don't. I I know I don't like the robo umps, but I know I do like the pitch clock. Yep, I do and too. I. I think it didn't have to come to this, Steve, but I think players were so you over the decades have got because the game used to be lightning fast back in the day. Yeah. yeah. But I think players gotten used to on both sides of the ball, pitch or you know, defense and offense taking their time. Yep. Like a golfer, right? They take yeah. their time before <laughs> they hit the ball. And I yeah. think they've they've grown accustomed to that. And I think these rules are making them, especially the pitch clock making them hurry the fuck up. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to impact hitting. It's going to ha- impact pitching uh, a lot because you're going to see n- n- you're in a sport now where starting pitchers don't go eight, nine innings anymore. Right, right. Right. So you're, you might see more reliever led 
or um, how should I say this? Uh, pitching by committee more because right. if pitchers only have so many seconds to pitch the ball, you're you're getting tired more. And I'm yeah. telling you, you're not going to see any fat pitchers as if this no. this pitch clock does what everybody's hoping it's going to do, what the league's hoping it's going to do. Mm-hmm. It'll be a faster game. You're not going to see some fat pitchers out there anymore. It's going to be <laughs> a lot of in shape people, and it also makes the the hitter be on on their heels because. They're not going to be able to, they can't get out of the box. They're not going to be able to fuck around all the fucking yep. gloves and all that OCD shit. I mean, it's, I think it's going to affect it in a good way. Now the shift, I'm not a big, I'm a big fan of the shift yep. because like you and I have said over this whole pot, we've said it so many episodes, people need to learn how to directional hit. So yeah. I, I, the fact that the shift was such a detrimental part to some of the biggest hitters is kind of mm-hmm. scary. That means some of your best hitters couldn't hit past the switch. They couldn't yeah. hit over the switch. So, yep. or the shift. So that to me, this kind of sucks. Cause now it's like, they're appeasing to those hitters. Like, Oh, um, you can't directional hit. You you can't hit to all sides of the field. So, so people who can't do that, they're going to, Oh, you, you, we're just going to play the normal field. No, no limited shift. No, I don't know the the rules behind the shifting in mm-hmm. terms of this limited shift do you know the yeah, rules i don't I, not offhand no um i just think that they're they're cutting it back from from what it what it has been you know because mm-hmm. if you notice that in, at least in the last 10 years it's the shift heavy all over yeah. the place it seems like you know people have really gotten into the analytics and into the shifting more than ever before so i think it's it's kind of cutting that back some but i'm not sure all that it's cutting back yeah, we'll wait to see. I know baseball didn't want to take the shift away. That's why it's limited. Yep. But I right. still think for the evolution of the game, you're going to have to have people learn how to directional hit better. So, yep. But I, I think these are going to dramatically affect hitting and pitching. But I think for the good, I, I don't know about yep. the shift. I, I really can't speak on that now. But the pitch yep. clock, Steve, dramatically, I think it's going to speed up the game. And that's exactly what we want. Yep. And uh, just uh, to follow up, uh, the new rules have the defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base. Really? So, so they can't load up on one side, it looks like, anymore. So okay, that, that, that's the, 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 the difference that's going to be implemented this year. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. My question, another question for you. And uh, again, this is one that everybody's kind of <laughs> wondering. With having a giant offseason this past se- this year, are the Cubs back, Steve? That's a, that's a, that's a tough question because it's funny they didn't play that bad last year. I mean, they still no. won seventy four games, but they went out and they finally showed that we're the Chicago Cubs. We're a big market team. We're going to spend some money. They picked yeah. up Dancy Swanson on a huge deal. They picked up uh, uh, Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini are going to platoon there at, at first base. They're taking a chance on Cody Bellinger. Uh, I saw they they picked up Tucker Barnhart to help out uh, uh, with catching. Uh, they've made a, a few, you know, one big move there with Dansby, and a, a, you know they plugged some of their their holes that they need. I'm not going to say completely that they're back, but I think that they're going to be in a good run to try and make a run at the uh, the division or maybe the wild card spot. I do I do like what they're doing, and if they can get Cody Ballinger to be the Cody Ballinger of of MVP past, mm-hmm. then there's a good chance that they could, uh, you know. Uh, challenge the the Cardinals there for the division. So, um, I'm going to say they're not back back, but they're baby stepping towards being back. I, I I like their off season. Would you say right now they're better than the Brewers? Yes. Oh wow. 
Okay. Yep. I, I would say that right now they're better than the Brewers. So you think uh, it's going to be like a Cardinals, Cardinals Cubs, Cubs division? Yeah. Yeah. With, with the Brewers, you know, the, the thing with the Brewers, they're sneaky good. It seems like sometimes, yeah. you know, like, like you don't know a lot of the players on their teams, but Craig Council seems to be able to put it together and, yeah. and, and put a team out there that, that is always contesting for the division. So, but yeah, I think it's, it's uh right now two team race with uh, the Cardinals and the Cubs for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah, the, the Cubs are good. Uh, yeah. I I totally agree with you, man. I, I yeah. But yeah, coming back. I mean, can you imagine if Bellinger returns to Bellinger form? Ian Happ, yeah. he kind of carried that outfield last year he with Seiya Suzuki. So you'd have Suzuki, yep. Bellinger, and Ian Happ. I mean, that's not a bad outfield. Yep. Yep. You know, Pat Patrick Wisdom there. You know, in the infield, it it, it it's it's going to be a, a good team. Yeah, I um, agree. I think that they, you know, they could have another offseason splash next year. Then that could put them right back in. That they'd, that'd be a massively quick rebuild there for the Cubs. Oh my know, god, you know, it would. You know, going from the the Rizzo Bryant uh, led team to you know something completely different that quickly would be pretty amazing. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um. So my next question here uh, would be, um, if you were on Bavada and had to place a bet. Who would be this year's uh, surprise team for you? A team that really no one's expecting to compete that could come out of nowhere. Kind of like how we had the Giants a couple of years ago that you know, won 100 and 708 games. Who would be your surprise team for this year? For Bovada. Yeah, if I was going to place a bet, my own hard-earned money. Yeah. Um, and this is a surprise team, right? Like a surprise yep. team that nobody yeah, thought so, Someone's always expecting like your, your 2006 Detroit Tigers or your 2020-21 San Francisco Giants. You know? Well, I would want to. I want to say the Marlins, okay, because I think they have young talent. But I still think they're a catcher, and like I said earlier, another like like a hitting outfielder away. Mm-hmm. Orioles are kind of low hanging fruit, right? They're already yeah. a surprise people in the East um, last year, and kind of are expected to build on that this year. You know, technically, I want to say the Diamondbacks, but they're still a few pieces yeah. away. Still, though, they have really good talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, I'm going to take another swing at it. Oh <laughs> it might be my third year in a row, but I'm going the White Sox, baby. Man, oh, man. Change the record. <laughs> the White Sox again. All right. Uh, they uh, lost to Brayu, though. They um, lost to Brayu. They did. Right, man. But that means Andrew Vaughn's going to have bigger shoes to fill. Yeah. But Andrew Vaughn, we noticed he's more playing time and he's he's hitting. He, he was hitting good for them last year. Yeah, uh, I think they're solidified in the infield with Garcia at second. And then obviously Tim Anderson, who's like an MVP type caliber player at short. Yeah. And then I think Yomankata, he's going to rebound. He kind of has yeah. to rebound. I, I don't hate their offseason. I kind of like their offseason. I wish they did more. And they got Ben Intendi. They got Ben Intendi. I I like that they got Ben Intendi. They're going to probably have Eloy Jimenez designated hitter. And then sometimes platoon in the outfield as well. But remember, he was coming back from injuries last year, Mm -hmm. so he should be fully healthy. Luis Roberts, arguably their best player, their best hitter. The the weakness, I think, in this team would probably be their starting staff. Now, this because remember how the expectations were so big on him last year and the year before. I mean, Lucas Giolito was, everybody thought he was the next Cy Young. Here he comes. Oh yeah. And he completely shit the bed. Yeah. So, I mean, when Lance Lynn and Dylan C, some Michael Kopech, they got that kind of following. It's not a sexy rotation, but I I think if, if they're ex now is the time for them to do something. And I think, they're gonna. I, I think they're gonna rise to the challenge because I think Larusa's gone. They got yeah. a new manager in there, yep. which I think totally fucking helps. Yep. Somebody with a younger uh, frame of mind. 
mm-hmm. this pre, uh, Pedro uh, Griffoil, who they got from um, from the Royals, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. And then they got Charlie Montoyo as their yep, bench coach. Yep. So that's a, and that's he, a smart move, right? There. Oh, hundred percent. He knows how to handle your players. Yep. Go with experience with your bench coach there. Absolutely. Yep. And they yeah, signed yeah. Mike Clevenger in the offseason who yep. is looking for a fresh start. So, yep. yeah, Steve, I, I'm not all in on the White Sox, <laughs> but I think of the teams I mentioned with the, like the Diamondbacks, the Orioles and the and the Marlins. I, the, I think the Orioles probably have the best team out of these ones I mentioned, but mm-hmm. I think the surprise team, we're going to be like, whoa, hey, they <laughs> it's a team that we have been expecting to win for a couple of years now. And I think yep. this is what it's all building up to. So, yeah, my picks, the White Sox. I love it. I love it. I'm going to go to Bavada now and place a bet on the White Sox. Yeah. And when they, and when they fail, I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking okay. of Bavada, okay. yeah. um, if you were to place your bet on who will have uh-huh. the best comeback season okay. out of these players I named, so I'm going to name a handful of players. And if you were going to Bavada and you were going to go and place a bet on who would be, who would have the best season of these, these like a comeback season who had like a bad season last year. Mm-hmm. Who would it be out of this group of players? Would it be Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals? Okay. Would it be Cody Bellinger for the Cubs? Jacob DeGrom for his new Rangers? Mm-hmm. Christian Yelich, Yelich for uh, the Brewers or Kettle Marte for the Diamondbacks? That's, would, that's tough. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, weed out. Uh, Jack Flaherty, because I think he's going to get injured after like two starts. <laughs> um, yeah. Christian Christian Yelich, I think he, you know, I always keep waiting for him to bounce back, but he just has yips beyond yips. I feel like I don't know if there's any turning back for him. Uh, I like Marte, but I think it, I'd have to go between Cody Bellinger and Jacob DeGrom, and I'm going to go with Jacob DeGrom. I think he's going to have the best comeback here just because he still has the stuff. And I think he, uh, just like Bellinger, he has, a, he has a lot to prove with a new mm. team. Uh, but uh, with DeGrom coming off injury, you know, he, he was back-to-back Cy Young in 18 and 19. I think he still has, you know, some of that here in the tank. He's, well, he's 30, 34. He's going to be 35 uh, yeah. up in June. Yeah. Um, I, I think he has the the best comeback year, uh, and it's going to really bolster that, uh, that Ranger uh, rotation. So I'm going to go with DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom's a good one, man. I mean... You know. It, it would have been easy to go pick Bellinger, yep. uh, but that's a harder one because Is he it? hasn't been really relevant in a few years. Exactly. Ago. Same thing with Yelich there. They both haven't been relevant in, in a little bit. So, you know, yeah, DeGrom's just been injured. It seems like he's only made, uh, you know, 26 starts in the last two seasons. Yeah. You know, so that, that's not even a full year's worth in two years. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I, I'm going to go with my, my money's on DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom's a good pick, man, because they signed him for all that money. The Rangers Mm -hmm. did, and he's going to be ace in that staff. So why not? I mean, why not Jacob DeGrom? So I I agree, man. That's that's a good pick. Yeah, I feel good. I think we answered some questions. We'll see what comes to fruition as uh, we get ready for spring training. I think pitchers and catchers report in what, less than a month? Yeah, they do, man. And it's exciting. Uh, And with that, should we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So up for me this week, I'm going to go with a guy that hasn't, you know, he's finally starting to get some rumblings in the free agency. It's uh Raldis Chapman. Wow. Uh, he's up $3 and 19 cents or a 77.43% uh, increase to a market value of $7 and 31 cents. Yeah. He's probably going up because uh, a couple of teams are finally, uh, inquiring for services so we'll see if he actually gets yeah. picked up but i doubt it but yeah. um up cards include his 2022 tops five star silver signatures numbered to 20 and his 2011 bowman gold rookie 
number 197. Down for me this week is uh, New York Yankee outfielder Harrison Bader. He's down $6.77 or a 38.93% decrease to a market value of $10.62. Down cards include his 2018 Topps Chrome Rookie, number 40, and his 2021 Panini Mosaic Auto Quick Pitch Silver Disco Prism. Man, I wonder how Harrison Bader's going to do with the Yankees this year because he kind of came with them like halfway through last year. He did. He had a great... you know, great playoff run, I think. And I, hopefully that, you know, springboard, I think he was injured for a bit, even when he got to New York. So he really, yeah. his career didn't really, you know, take off there in the second half, but he, you know, made the playoff roster and made the most of it uh, in his time in the playoffs. So I, I think giving him a full season in New York, I think he'll be all right. Be kind of, yeah. He kind of fits cool New to York say. too. He does. He kind, of, he kind of fits that New York style. Yeah. So how about you? Um, okay, so, so up for me this week is good old Madison Bumgarner. Oh, Mad Bum. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Kind of hope I hope he does good for the Diamondbacks this year. I know he's kind of had his bumps and bruises since leaving yeah. the Giants, but uh he's up four dollars and eighty-nine cents. That's a forty-three point two zero percent uh increase. Market price right now sits around sixteen dollars and twenty-one cents. Nice. Um some of his cards that have skyrocketed or I shouldn't say skyrocketed only up, you know, so many, so much money, but right. his 2010 tops heritage rookie card, number 161, his 2015 top stadium gold and his 2010 rookie card, which is out of top. So um, down for me this week, I'm going to go with the guy we talked about earlier, Nelson Cruz. Ooh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Nelson took a little bit of a hit. He's down $6 and 36 cents. So that's about an 82.92% decrease. Market price sits a whopping $1.31. (laughs) Woo! Woo! Now, barely give those away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. these are free cards practically. (laughs) You know, and looking at his rookie year, it was only 05. I feel like 05 wasn't that long ago, but I guess it was. But Uh, yeah, now, I guess, yeah. His 2015 top series, uh, it's the one that has the the RBI leaders on it with Nelson Cruz, Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera. I love that. uh, Is up there. That's a really nice card. His 2005 Topps Chrome Update rookie card when he played for the Brewers Mm. and down as well as his 2019. Panini leather and lumber lumberjacks number five. Poor bastard. Yeah, <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> uh, shall we uh, get the candles out, celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. It's a uh, happy heavenly birthday to Hall of Famer and St. Louis Cardinals pitching great Dizzy Dean, born on January the 16th, 1910. Uh, Dizzy's uh, stats include 150 wins, ERA just slightly over three, 1,163 strikeouts. Like I said, he played a majority of his career there with the Cardinals from 1930 and then again, 32 to 37. Played with the Cubs from 38 to 41 and then uh, a big break then came in with one year St. Louis Browns in 1947. He's a four-time All-Star, a World Series champ in 34, NL MVP in 34, two-time MLB wins leader in 34 and 35, Four-time MLB strikeout leader uh, from 32 to 35. His number 17 with the Cardinals is retired, and he's part of the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1953 on his ninth ballot. Uh, a little trivia, he uh, was uh, a bold predictor, you know, similar to Joe Namath, Muhammad Ali. They like to uh, you know, make predictions. And in 1934, Dean predicted me and Paul, which was uh, his brother, Paul Dean, oh, Paul uh, Dean. are, yeah, are going to win uh, 40, 45 games. And on September wow. 21st of that year, Dean pitched a uh, uh, pitch no hit ball for eight innings against the Brooklyn Dodgers, finishing with a three hit shutout in the first game of a doubleheader, his 27th win of the season. Paul then threw a, threw a no hitter in the nightcap to win his 18th, matching the 45 that Dean had predicted. Dean wow. said after the game, "Gee, Paul, 
uh, he said in the locker room afterward. If I had known you uh, was going to throw a no-hitter, I'd have thrown one too. Uh, Dizzy Dean won 30, 30 games in 1934. So obviously they didn't have Bavada back then, but he'd be quite the uh, the, the pitcher to bet on. Uh, so it's a happy heavenly birthday to Dizzy Dean. Jesus. God, I mean, going 27 wins. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, you know, 27 himself. And just that that combo with Dizzy and Dazzy Dean. But he never called his brother Dazzy. He always just called him Paul. I always thought that was kind of funny because <laughs> Dazzy, Dazzy yeah. Dean. Yeah. Because remember, there's a Daz Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Tigers yeah. guy. But yep. uh, but Dazzy, I don't know. I, I, I'd i rather be called. Oh, Dizzy is even kind of weird, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Dizzy and Dazzy. Sounds you know, like Dizzy and Dazzy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like slow minded, like brothers or something. You know what I mean? It's probably why he just called his brother Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're Paul. <laughs> you're just, you're Paul. <laughs> so, uh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So happy birthday to Dizzy Dean. Happy birthday, Dizzy. Yeah. Love Dizzy Dean. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a show. That is a show. But Ooh. there's still a uh, question. Trivia, of the week. I always keep forgetting about the, our new segment here. Our trivia segment. Well, that's we're a show. So, I know we're ya. so used uh, to it. All right. Well, you know what? Show's not done yet. All right. <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> so it's uh, uh our, our trivia question of the week, and I came up with a doozy here for you, man. Um, right. here we go. It's gonna be multiple choice. Ooh. Uh your question is who led major league baseball in stolen bases during the decade of the 1990s? Oh wow. Uh A, Kenny Lofton, B. Ricky Henderson, C. Otis Nixon, D. Brian Hunter. Well, I know it's not Brian Hunter. Oh, come on, it could be Brian. This is the 1990s? Yeah, 1990s. So it's not Brian Hunter, not Otis Nixon. Otis was very fast and very good. I don't remember Otis. Otis looked like he was always like 50 years old. <laughs> even <laughs> he was young. Who was the other one? Ricky Henderson and who? Yeah, and Kenny Lofton. Boy. I mean, I'm probably just going to do Ricky Henderson. Ooh, so close. Is it Kenny Lofton? Ooh, no. It's Otis Nixon? It is Otis Nixon. He was sneaky good. He never led the league in stolen bases, but he had 478 stolen bases in the 90s. Ricky Henderson had 463 stolen bases in the 90s. (gasps) Kenny Lofton, 433 stolen bases in the 90s. Brian Hunter, 221 stolen bases. Wow. Yeah. So like Ricky's mostly came in the eighties. Eighties. Yeah. Ricky was big in the eighties. He still led Ricky still led baseball and stuff in the uh in the nineties, but um he, he tailed off near the end. And and Otis was just consistently like 40, 50 or so, like never like leading the uh the national league there. But um yeah. yeah he was wow, like, like, like Mr. Consistent. Yeah, <laughs> and I just just did a quick like search of him. He's played on so many teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otis Nixon. <laughs> And 620 stolen bases to end his yeah. career. Not yeah. bad. Nope. Not bad. I, dude, I would have never guessed Otis Nixon. <laughs> That's why I gave you multiple choice. Yeah, that's I a good said, one, though. Who is it? I don't know. <laughs> that Ricky Henderson, that's a tough one because mm-hmm. growing up, I remember, you know, we're 90s kids. Yeah. And I remember growing up, I mean, that's all you would hear about Ricky Henderson stealing bases. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he was like the premier leadoff guy. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when Brian Hunter came to the Tigers. I used to oh, love yeah, Brian I Hunter. Brian Hunter when he was with the Tigers. Man. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good, good question. That's Thank a good you. question. Man. Thank you. Yeah. Good stumper there, man. I, I try. I try. 
Now, now that's a that, show. There we go. Now that's a show. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Sorry you're listening to a sick guy today. Just can't this fucking cold come out of nowhere. But uh yeah, you win some you lose some when you get exactly Bavada. <laughs> Bavada. <laughs> um Anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend. In the meantime, Steve, next week is going to be fun. We're going to be doing some then and now. Love it. Love uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Like I was telling you pre-show, I had uh, saw you made the rundown for next week and I opened yeah. it up thinking it was this week's show. And I was like, ah, that's not what I want. That's not what we had. <laughs> I know. I got antsy because I was like, oh, then and now. So I was like, so next week we'll, we'll tell everybody how it's going to go. But remember last year we did mm-hmm. our top. 25 players i think uh, yeah, yeah and we we lined it in with the now the you know the yep. who's the best at each position now which now. we'll still do the position now but now we got a kind of a, a twist on the then part of the series so man all right a little teaser right there yeah, yeah absolutely I like so I like it fuck yeah guys all right we will catch y'all next week deuces mm-hmm.